Hey, Brian, welcome back. How's it going, buddy? Oh, great to be here, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Oh, oh, Brian, thanks for coming on. Now, obviously, you're a Giants fan just like I am, and I'm sure you saw the press conference that um, yes. I had. And we, uh, me and my calls, we were going back. We, we were having a little debate about this, but I think that Eli is, Eli's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. I think the biggest question is, is he going to get in on the first ballot or not? I think that he probably won't, but it also depends on who's going to be up in 2025, which is a projected, um, which is projected where, where Eli's first year of eligibility will be on the ballot. So I want to know from you, since you, you seen, you've seen this man play for 16 years, what were some of your favorite Eli Manning moments? Oh, wow. Well, I got to tell you one thing. Eli is not just, you know, no, it's for me, he's not just known for the Super Bowls, but, you know, he's the guy who transformed the Giants basically from what was always for years, from the time they started, was always a run-first offense, always. And this is okay. the point, I, and this was the point I was trying to get across um, on Twitter, you know, the last couple of days when people, when people, uh, taking shots at him, uh, you know, the guy threw for 57,000 yards up until like, you know, when OBJ came in was, you know, was known to, to, you know, always hand the ball off first before passing. They never did a lot of first down passing for him to throw 57,000 yards and 360 something touchdowns, you know, in an offense like that, he really transformed that team into, you know, the first time that the, the giant offense was ever orchestrated around the pass. And, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit for that, you know, because, they you know, they didn't have the quarterback talent prior to that, you know, and um, prior to that, they didn't have quarterbacks that could do that. But they also, their, their philosophy, their offensive philosophy always dictated that it was a ground-and-pound team. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, for... You know, I mean, you got to give them, you got to give them props just based on that alone. I mean, you never, you know, what anybody think New York Giants, you know, you know, prior to, prior to uh, Eli, especially when in 42 and 47, always, everybody always thought, oh, well, you know, they don't run the ball. They're going to, they don't run the ball. They don't go anywhere. But, you know, Eli changed all that, you know, besides, you know, I mean, just for, just for that alone, you know, just for that alone. I mean, but there's, but, I mean, how can you, if you really go back and look at it, you know, 42 and 47, you know, these Patriot teams were basically labeled unbeatable. You know, nobody gave the Giants a shot. Nobody gave the Giants a shot in any of the playoff games they played in those two years. They were, you know, they were dogs. They were heavy dogs. Especially the first Super Bowl, the Giants were the second biggest underdogs in Super Bowl history behind the Jets when the Jets were the underdogs against the Baltimore Colts. The Absolutely. Giants had no shot. They were saying, you know what, the Giants were happy to be there. They're already, they're already printing out Patriots undefeated season, 19-0, and 0, the, greatest, the greatest team in all of sports. They were already printing that. They gave the Giants no shot. And you have to remember that the Giants were, you know, there were some dark days, you know. Yeah, Terry Collins, and you had all the other quarterbacks after Phil Simms. So there, there was some dark time that the Giants had. Let me, paint, so, let, me, let, me, let me paint a little Let me paint a little picture of dark times for you, because you guys are probably a little, a, a little younger, so I'm going to paint a 
paint a little clearer picture. 1993, 1993 Giants made the playoffs. Phil Simms made the Pro Bowl. It was his statistically best year that he ever had in 14 years. Dan Reeves calls him into the office um, in the offseason. Phil, Phil Simms thinks he's going to sign footballs. Dan Reeves brings him in the office. He's like, yeah, what's up, coach? He was like, you need me to do something? Yeah, no, sorry, Phil. We're, we're getting rid of you. We're cutting you. Like, what? What? What do you mean I'm cutting you? What do you mean you're cutting me? And and instead of now, now just like Eli today, you know, deciding to sign me, Phil Sims had a chance. Belichick wanted him to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Belichick wanted to sign him right away to the Browns. In fact, then in '93, and uh, he had an offer from them. He had an offer from um, a couple of other teams, from what I was told. And he decided, no, I'm a giant. I'm going to retire a giant. He probably had a good couple of years left because he was finally healthy. But even before that, before he retired, when Parcells left and Ray Hanley became the coach, he um, completely disrespected Phil Simms. You know, after the Super Bowl year, when Hostel won the Super Bowl, they did not succeed when Hostel was a starter. Now... And you know that was a that was a big controversy back in the day too. But there was a um, but to fast forward though, I mean the, the quarterbacks that they that they had after Sims, Dan Cannell, Dave Brown, you know, uh, God, it was horrible. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, guys, it was horrible. There was only one game that's memorable from that time period, and that the Giants were like 0 and 8 or 0 and 9, and. The, under, the Broncos came in undefeated, and the Giants beat them in the Meadowlands at Danny Canale. It was the only game that's memorable for that time period. Wow. So, like I said, so Eli, Eli brought passing, wanted a legacy of a passing credibility. And, yes, he does deserve to go in the Hall of Fame. What Michael said today on the show, I'm not sure if you listened, was very scary that during the press conference um, – not sure what some NFL, somebody told Michael and Don that the way the, even though there's no transparency in Hall of Fame voting or who's voting or, you know, whatever the deal is with that, for some reason, that's got to be, you know, hush, hush, um, said that the way the voters are set up that Eli will, supposedly will not, will never get in or won't, at least won't get in in the first try. So that's something that, uh, that's something that's very telling. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But point I brought up yesterday, another thing, you know, when you think of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, usually they have, you know, like a, a whole list of great tight ends and great wide receivers, you know, to go along with right. their stats. Now, like I tweeted out yesterday, the only guys that ever went to the Pro Bowl besides OBJ and Eli's career, a very long career, right? Jeremy Jockey, 05 and 06. Steve Smith in 09. Victor Cruz in 2012. That's it. Nobody else. Plaxico didn't make the Pro Bowl. Nobody, wow. nobody else. So you're telling, talking about a guy that threw to be, you know, who's top 10 in, in every statistical category there is, and, and including OBJ, four Pro Bowl, four Pro Bowl receivers in a 16-year career. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. The guy, the guy won a Super Bowl with Kevin Boss and Jay <laughs> as a tight end. Yes. Ruben Randall was his wide receiver and Mario Manningham 
and David Tyree. Like, these are all guys that were practice squad. A lot of these guys were practice squad guys, you know? The, the Raiders guys, got burned by that Kevin Boss signing. He signs that big contract after that Super Bowl, and he was never the same. No, yeah. he wasn't. He also, he also was injured, too. I mean, look, at Shockey had a chance to be even. He like Shockey did have a chance to be one of the better tight ends in the game, but he injured also, and he also did not have a good attitude. Shockey he was just a dickhead. Do you, know, yeah. do you know who Jeremy Shockey is and uh, equivalent to baseball? Is Jeremy Jeremy Shockey is the football what Jabba Chamberlain was to the Yankees? Yeah, <laughs> exactly the same. I agree more. Perfect comparison. <laughs> um, a couple of Hall of Fame classes to headline the twenty four class is Julius Peppers and Gronk. To oh, yeah. to headline the twenty three class is Dwight Freeney, and to headline the twenty two class. Is the Marcus Ware and Edron James? Oh, well, uh, it kind of brings back to your point, Brian, because there are going to be some holdovers that don't get in their first time will affect Eli's time in 2025, which this is why I think Eli will probably not get in the first time. I think he will. I think at some point Eli will get into the Hall of Fame because I feel like that Manning family, and trust me, and with Archie and Payton, you don't want to disrespect the Manning family. So I think Eli will get in at some point. Maybe not yeah. the first time. I don't you think the NFL is too worried, worried about that. You know what I think also hurts him right now? Right now, you know, and, and it's going to hurt him in five years. Because if football stays with this trend where the best guys oh, in the yeah. league are guys like Mahomes, guys like Lamar Jackson, Sean Watson, that's cool. going to hurt him too because Eli's obviously not a, a pocket quarterback. You know, so if the run, if the run, you know, run out of the pocket, guys, and one of the guys and guys like Mahomes are, are going to take over the league, that might hurt Eli for a little bit. But there's always revolutions in football. It'll always come back. It'll always come. It always comes back around. But see, what's not going now will come back eventually. Here's the Absolutely. thing with all that mobility stuff. Like it's cool. It's fun. It's the flash in the pan. But will these guys like Lamar? Deshaun Mahomes, will they play ten plus years in the NFL? I think I so. That's the question you gotta ask yourself. It's so much better now, and what they know medically is so much better now. And these guys take so so much better care of themselves than like a Michael Vick did, or a Donovan McNabb did, or you know, even going back to Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was the first guy I ever saw be supernatural, like like these guys. Randall Cunningham, when he was with the Eagles, was always a Giants nemesis. Oh yeah, you know, once he became the starter, he was he was incredible, and that there's always that play with with Carl Banks sacking, almost sacking, taking out his legs, and he still, you know, he Banks like dives and takes out his legs, and he still didn't go down and threw the ball to the corner. He ends up with a touchdown. I mean, that guy was insane. Plus, also, who's who's to say in two three years? Let's say all these guys have major success. Maybe there will be crazy players who will try to hurt these guys. Yeah, maybe well, maybe there will be another downy game. I tell you, you know? Mahomes doesn't win the Super Bowl. If Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl, won his lane, he won the championship game, throw, going six to eight, right? <laughs> then 
then, you know, all these things are still going to be debated, especially these things are going to be debated. I'm about telling you, man, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nick Bosa is going to make Mahomes cry, man. Well, here's the thing about, but here's the thing about, this is why I think the Super Bowl is really important for Patrick Mahomes. Brian, maybe you can help me out. Yeah. If Mahomes loses this Super Bowl to Jimmy G, and mind you, this will be Jimmy G's third Super Bowl, his first as a starter, and he'll be three overall, the question will concern to all the shine that Patrick Holmes has been getting. Cody's been like, the guy's an amazing electric. Wouldn't the pressure now mount him like, well, he got to win the big one. He got to win the big one. Because you're going into Dan Marino yeah. territory where you're so great, but you, yeah. but you, and you get to the big dance, but you have, but you don't take the girl home. What do you think yeah, about that? The pressure is going to be insane because... Last year, it was easier to blame it on the defense because the Chiefs' defense was god-awful, especially especially their secondary. The secondary was horrible last year and and, and lost a lot of games. You know, the games that they lost, the secondary was a glaring, glaring deficiency. But you're absolutely right. If Jimmy G, you know, would basically just be a game manager, kind of like, you know, the, in the playoffs, he's been like a when Dilfer played – you know, Trent Dilker and, uh, yeah, you know, and the Giants. the Giants that first time. He was a blue manager. Yeah. It was just, if, if, if a game manager like Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, that pressure mounts on not just Mahomes, but it mounts on Lamar, it mounts on Deshaun, and uh, who knows? You know, because everybody wants to follow the leader in the NFL. So next year, I think, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, you're going to see the draft going mostly quick defensive line guys, right? Maybe less emphasis on the court, and there's going to be a split where you're going to have, you, there's going to be a split where you're going to have guys trying to follow Tennessee with the big back, and guys trying to follow 49ers with the speedy defense, and you're going to have a third of the league going speedy quarterback. So it's going to be a battle between those three factions, I think, for the next couple of years. And whoever succeeds the most, you know, out of the next five years will determine the future of the NFL, I think. And that's why with and that's why with Patrick Mahomes and that's why I when when people ask me like like they have to be pressure on the 49ers, like to be honest, I think the 49ers are kind of playing with house party. Everything, everything is not only on Patrick Mahomes, on Andy Reid, it's just like Mahomes who really needs to win a Super Bowl to cement what he's doing. Andy Reid, for a guy that's like top five, top four in every coaching category, he's also has not won the big one. He has never won a championship. He's he lost in my majority of his championship games, except for the one he won in Philadelphia and the one he won this year. Andy Reid also needs needs to get over the hump and finally win the championship to punch his ticket to can. So everything is riding on the Chiefs because you have track stars as you as with Tyreek Hill and Nico Hartman and Travis Kelsey and Robinson and Watkins. You have like five legit stud players and Yes, the 49ers defense is ferocious. Nick Bosa is absolutely going to be a terror. But the, the, the Chiefs still have to find a way to win this game. There is insane amount of pressure for the Chiefs to win this game. I'm telling you absolutely. right now, if I'm, if I'm right, the Chiefs... Yeah, the 49ers only look like they're going to get better, and you're right. I think I think they are playing with house money as far as the pressure thing is concerned. You're absolutely right about Andy Reid because... You know, he he has a risk of going down as a you know great regular season guy 
almost like before, but even right now it kind of feels like, even though he's a coach, it kind of feels like how Peyton, how people looked at Peyton Manning before he finally, you know, won the Super yeah. Bowl. You know, that's kind of what like what it feels like right now. Like, yeah, he's very well respected, respected, but and nobody wants to disrespect him to his face. But that's what they're going to end up doing, you know, <laughs> if he doesn't win. It, it took Peyton. It took Peyton like nine years before he won his first Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know, and had, had, had all the numbers too. <laughs> and you know, this one people talk about. Like today on the show, somebody, one of these these guys called up and said, "Oh, Philip Rivers and Philip Rivers." Yeah, he's he's got great numbers and everything. But another one who could not obviously every time you put him in a big spot, done, done, one and done. So I don't know how you would put, how they would say, oh, you're going to put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame before Eli. Absolutely not. No, I'm sorry. No I disagree with uh, that completely. I've heard perfect example, 2007, the Chargers were playing against the Patriots. Philip Rivers had a perfect chance to like make, to make history. If he wanted to be in that Patriots team, then maybe you would have momentum, but nope. Then he had a chance last year in Foxborough with a very good team, and he laid the egg. And though there is no way, I'm sorry, I will not put, I will not put, I will not put Rivers over Eli in the Hall of Fame. I'll put Brady. I'll put Breeze. I'll put Rogers. I'll put, I put, I'll put, you know, Roethlisberger and Eli are what very close. But I'm not putting Rivers over Eli. That's not happening. I will no, not and here's, here's another thing I'm not understanding, right? Before uh, before Minnesota won that one playoffs game a few weeks ago, right? Everybody's like, oh, Kirk Cousins, you know, he can't win the big one, can't win the big one. So he wins one playoff game. So what? We're still back. And, and nobody's talking about, again, that the Vikings gave this guy $84 million guaranteed. <laughs> and he's won one playoff game. They're like, oh, well, they, they're going to extend him just because he won that one playoff game. What? One playoff game? You're going to extend him? So what? So what? He's not going to win a Super Bowl. There's no way. I don't. He was a skills competition for Pro Bowl last night. And, you know, he shouldn't even be in the Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's not. I don't know. The man has won one playoff game, and Eli has won eight in his career. And all of them, he has been underdog in pretty much majority of all of his playoff games. The guy, you remember this, Brian, 2011 championship game. Eli got beaten up, taken down, hit, destroyed by a very ferocious boy on his defense. And he absolutely won. And he kept on going. Yep. And he kept kept on going. And he kept on going. There's one thing you could, people can make jokes, people can say this about Eli has all stuff, jokes, but. You can never question his toughness. You can never question his leadership. And you saw everyone supported that man. He is well respected by the players. He is well respected by his peers. He's well respected by the media. Never shows up, never shows up anyone. Always comes into play. Always works hard. Always, you know, those two Super Bowl championships. No one. No one, no one gave the Giants any chance. He outplayed Tom Brady in both those games. Absolutely. He outplayed them. Yes, Brady had to go up against those Giants defense, but still, Eli took Belichick's defense, and keep in mind, Belichick is one of the best defensive minds ever in football. One of yeah. against the best defensive minds, the greatest quarterback of all time, 
beat them twice. Gambling drive, two of the most unbelievable plays you will ever see in Super Bowl history. That throw to Manningham down the sidelines might be the best throws. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, and you can't even, and you know, people, I think that frustrates Eli haters a little bit because, you know, if he only had won one of those Super Bowls, it'd be like, oh, that was just a, you know, freak luck or whatever. No, he did it twice. Did it twice. You know, everybody can get lucky once, but you can't get lucky twice, bro. Not in those situations. I'm sorry. The man, the bottom line is the man would play in the park a lot of uh, life if he had to. And, you know, you heard things about Kirk Cousins like, oh, he can't play unless it, he's not successful unless it's one o'clock. He can't play night games. You never heard things like that about Eli. Eli just go out and play no matter where it was. No matter where it was, the temperature, whatever. And to make the point, like if Joe Namath, mind you, Joe Namath, I'm not going to disrespect Joe Namath, but Joe Namath, if he's in the Hall of Fame, with one championship, with a losing record, with not that impressive numbers, why is Eli not is not is, wouldn't consider him a Hall of Famer? Eli has better numbers than John Elway. John Elway went to Super Bowl five times, and he's been on some pretty bad Broncos teams. And he has better numbers than John Elway, Troy Aikman. Roger Stauffer. Those are Hall of Fame players. And there's another guy, and there's another guy, Elway, that got beaten up for a while because it took him forever to win a Super Bowl. When the Giants destroyed, destroyed them in the first Super Bowl that, that Elway got to. And then they got destroyed, and then they got destroyed again a couple of times by uh, the Redskins, wow. I believe. Yeah, the Redskins. And the, and, and the 49ers. And, yeah, and the 49ers. And, you know, so, you know, I don't understand, but the problem is, like you mentioned Namath, right? Well, however, they, the, this is a, an inherent problem is we, at least with baseball, we know how it gets voted on. We have no idea what the point system is in Football Hall of Fame voting. We have no idea who is voting for Football Hall of Fame. We have no idea what the process is, how long they stay on the ballot. We have no idea. You know, they keep everybody in the dark about it. But that generation of people who voted for Namath, they're all, you know, dead and gone. So we don't know how it's evolved, if they've changed policies, if they, you have no idea what the criteria, we don't even know what the criteria is. So, you know, so it's hard to speculate, it's hard to sit here and speculate on who, on anybody is getting it, you know, on on anybody's chances of getting it. Because if somebody, if it's all ex-NFL guys, if they got a bug up there, you know, if they butt about somebody, you know, and they don't like them, you know, they, maybe they, you know, because since they're not held to any standard, you know, we don't know. We have no ideas. We don't even know if it's a fair process or not. So I think there should be some kind of movement. Somebody should, you know, pressure the NFL into releasing, you know, the whole thing, into releasing how they vote for it, you know, how to decide who's, who's in and who's not. I always view the NFL like you need to have, like, numbers, championships, achievements. And if that's your criteria, if that is the criteria, but you like a slam dunk hall of favor. I mean, your top 10 in, in yards, your top 10 in passing, your top 10 in touchdowns, two Super Bowl champions. He is one of five guys to have two uh, multiple triple MVPs. Montana, mm-hmm. Al John Elway, Tom Brady. You mean absolutely all those guys are not Hall of Famers, and we all know Brady's going to be a Hall of Famer. Brady can retire tomorrow. He's going to punch his ticket at the camp. 
Absolutely. And that goes back to, and yeah, not only that. So, you know, but I was looking at, I was trying to think about it this way too. When I look at uh, all the guys that, if that didn't make the NFL 100, I'm like, so I thought to myself that the guys that should have made the NFL 100, but didn't, if that voting was anything like the whole same voting, then a guy like Eli might be in trouble for a few years and might be sitting sitting around waiting for the call until he's like 60 or 70 until he gets in. Let's hope that's or not what happens. Like that's not going to happen. If, let's, hope let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. It's, but, it's probably yeah. like everything else. I'm I'm sure feeling does get involved. I'm I'm sure personal friendships add to it. I'm sure character, how you were to the media, how, what what you did off the field. I'm sure all that goes in that. Of course, it's all speculation. But let's say this about Eli: he got the streak, which should have yeah. been continued. By the way, they did him dirty for that. He got the two championships. Those two things alone get him into Canton. But the question is, first ballot. If you take away, now obviously you can't, but if you take away the two Super Bowls, he's not a Hall of Famer. He doesn't, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the 70 plus K stats like, like Breeze, Brady does, Rogers. If you take away the ring from Brady, he's still a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, well here's the problem though. If, if you take away the Super Bowls from Eli, maybe Eli's not a giant for only. Maybe Eli's only a giant for eight years, nine years, not for 16. So it's hard to say. You know, take the, they might have gotten rid of him years ago if he didn't win those two Super Bowls. We have no idea. Like, anything could have, you know, anything could happen. They could have decided after, they could have decided at any one of those years that maybe, you know, maybe Eli's not the guy. You know, who knows? You know, they could have decided after that, after 2010 season, they could have said, you're not the guy, we need to get rid of him. Because they don't, yeah, because in New York, you know, you, they won those, you know, they won those Super Bowls. It was like a gift, both of them. So, I mean, but without those Super Bowls, there's huge, huge pressure for them to win. So they might have been forced to either trade them, you know, who knows? Anything could have happened. That's anything could happen. If you look back at the Giants' history, you start with Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle is still the only giant quarterback to win the MVP. That's right. Y.A. Tittle. And he won a championship. Then you go into Phil Sims. He won two. I mean, you, you can debate how Phil did lead them. But yeah, Phil Sims won two. Yeah, Sims but they would, they got, Phil Sims got them to, got, got them to 10 and 2 before the, he got hurt. He got them to 10 and 2. That's what I say. Phil Sims yeah. won two championships. Then he had that lucky break, that dark period with Daddy Killer, with Kendall, and, and, and Brown. Like, that's 93 to like 90 to 2003 was a really dark period. Although Collins came from Carolina and led them to the ball, but Mike Collins was a big bad Ravens team. That Ravens yeah. team was special. But, with Eli Manning, and like you mentioned, Brian, they went from a run-oriented team. If you've been with Phil Sims or yeah. running the ball with Anderson and letting your defense carry the load, you yeah. went from a run-first team to a passing team. The guy, and you also, Odell Beckham Jr., listen, we, I, I, I give him a lot of heat. My co-host gave him a lot of heat. The thing with Odell Beckham Jr. is he extended Eli's career for four more years. <laughs> he extended his career. He could have been not. But when Jerry Reese drafted Odell, 
This is the first time, let's remember, this is the first time Eli had a game with Chip. Game two and breakaway. Well, I'll about Eli. It's the first time the Giants ever had a, a, a dynamic wide receiver. The first time the yeah. Giants ever had a, a, a like a like a Jerry Rice kind of level wide receiver. The Giants never had that. Never, never, never. They've always had very complimentary receivers. They've had like the Amani Tumors and the Ike Hilliers and the Steve Smiths. Yeah. You know, they, they've always had solid number three to number yeah. two-ish receivers. Yeah, you always had a Jerry Rice, Randy Moore type receiver ever. And that set Eli Manning's career for four points. And if the Giants were attracted right, you got the dynamic playmaker, you drafted on the offensive line. If Jerry Rice would have drafted correctly, Tom Coffin would have never lost his job. But then maybe you could have probably squeezed another championship out of Eli because... When Eli had a good team around him, they made the playoffs. When yeah. Eli's had bad teams around him, they don't do anything. It, no, it's a fact. Look, no, look no. Eli made the man play, playoffs six times. The two times, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. And the reason why the Eli man lost a lot of times because the other teams were just better. But Eli has had, when he's had a good team, they've gone to the playoffs. When you give Eli a good team to work with, they made the playoffs. And mind you, with what he doesn't have, he didn't have Brady's weapons. Brady, like, the only, Eli never had a Julian Edelman or a Randy Moss or a Gronkowski. He never heard of a Drew Brees like a Michael Thomas. No, he and Don, yeah, he, that's right. He never and, had any and, of those weapons. And you know, and, and if Giants fans aren't, if they're telling themselves the truth, right? If they're not lying to themselves. Everybody knew, basically, the day Tom Coughlin left was essentially the end of any success the Giants were going to have with Eli. I said that. And maybe at the end of it, probably the end, you know, you could see the beginning of the end. The writing was on the wall. And I think we all hoped for something different, but that didn't, I don't, that, you know, that's basically the end of the career right there. I tweeted this, Brian, when he, when he, when Tom Coughlin was essentially fired, or whatever, we, we knew he was fired. When Tom Coughlin was fired, I said, this is the beginning of the end for Eli. I said it from day one. This is the end. Because what Tom Coughlin did was brought stability and credibility. They've had, they've done more winning than losing with Coughlin. They've had more winning records with Coughlin than losing records. And when Kyle, when they essentially fired Coughlin, I felt like Eli, Eli was on borrowed time. That's like, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like Eli was, was, was just hanging by a thread. And now with this new coach, I, I don't know what to accept from Joe Judge. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I, I tweeted out the other day. I'm really scared about what, with Jason Garrett, when he says things like, Oh, you want to challenge defenses, and that starts with running pass. Really, Booger? Really? That, <laughs> that sounds like something right out of right out of a of a game that Booger's doing when he says, like, you know, you know, for the Chiefs to be successful, they really want to run and pass really well. No shit, really? Excuse my language. I'm sorry. You're fine. See, my only thing, and nothing why I hope that. Joe Judge comes from the from the Patriot success of winning is he lets you know, Jason Garrett is, is on the offense. I mean they hired Freddie Kitchens. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be something. It's certainly gonna be interesting. Jason it's gonna be 
Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens on the same sideline. This is going to be something, man. I will, you, you know, Brian, there are just some people that are just meant to be coordinators. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they, 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 they're just they're not meant to be a head coach. Yeah, the, the, and, the tree, the branch from the coaching trees, some of them fall off the tree. Not some of them don't just, you know, they don't, they don't extend, they don't extend the life of the tree. The tree branch just falls off. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Now, 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 look, now, I'm glad that Joe Judge said that, you know, you want to establish your own, which is what, which is what he, you know, he's following, and he's following, you know, the end of a copycat league, he's following the Tennessee model, where right. you run, you run, you run, and then your quarterback does better off the play, I think. And now, the one problem with that is I love Barkley. But Barkley is not a big bruiser. No, nope. he's not a guy at all. He nope. get the ball to Derrick Henry. He's gonna smash. Right. Barkley's a reindeer. He's not a moose. Barkley's a reindeer. He's not a moose. Yeah. You, what you need yeah. if you if you want to be Tennessee, that you need a complementary back. That what you would do, like like what the Giants did back in two thousand. Thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. Dane. Yeah. Ron Dane. Yeah. Absolutely. What you, you get you you get a guy that's gonna beat up defenses, and then Bark just comes in and just when they're tired and they're beating up and bruised, that's when Barkley just takes off. Because Barkley does better when, when 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 there's when there's a crack of daylight, there's not many defenders gonna cut that's gonna catch no. Barkley in the open field. No, and again, no, it's gonna come back to the line again. We gotta come back to the line. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, come back to the line. So. It, it, it's the biggest problem the Giants have. You know, Giants have not had a good offensive line since 2011. I think 2011 was probably a very good offensive line. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And that was it. You had, and then, then Big Dub, when I talk about the Hawk Miles, well, the Giants' offensive line in 2011, they, when Eli had protection, you could see he makes all the throws, he makes reads, and, and it's funny because when he made, when he made that throw to Manningham, and then what's special about that throw is, first of all, Manningham was double covered. That's number one. He threw that ball where Manningham was going to catch it or no one was going to catch it. That's absolutely, that's, yeah. That's a throw that very few quarterbacks, I mean, you could, on a handful of quarterbacks, make that throw. First of all, the man was back at the back at his own five-yard line. That's right. That throw right on the money. And then, then that was the best throw I think Eli has made. Now, you can argue the helmet catch, but one thing with the helmet catch is, first of all, I don't know how, I don't know how Eli escaped that. I'm still wondering how did I don't know either. Every time I watch it, it looks, you see something different every time you watch it. You really do. And, and then, and then he throws the ball in, 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 in the middle of the field, which at a quarterback, you're not supposed to throw in the middle of the field. So he just threw it up there. Rodney Harrison is a great safety. And oh, yeah. One of the best and, ever, yeah. And, and, he, and he caught it, and he made that play over Harrison with something special. And then that fade to Burris, like, where basically the Patriots said, you know, we're just going to yeah. push the hell out of Eli. And he just made a perfect I still, throw. Yeah, and I still can't believe he was as wide open as he was. I still can't believe that. And and Rodney Harrison is still mad about that Tyree play to this day. <laughs> Every time they ask him, he's had it. He only he walks. He gets really aggravated when they ask him about it. Oh, I want to. You know, speaking of Joe Namath, speaking of Joe Namath, when I was up at the studio last week, 
for my birthday, they gave me a Joe Namath football signed. I saw that. Yeah, man. Unreal. Unreal. I couldn't believe it. I I truly think that's their to-go gift because I've I've always heard that mentioned. So I think they got a bunch of those footballs. Oh yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. Um, It's funny because I I actually when they were actually talking about Eli's um, retirement and. They were asking Rodney about, you know, Rodney's had some kind of words and say, you know, congratulations on Eli. You know, they all, all give him Eli his proper due. But mm-hmm. somebody asked him about that play. And to this day, he still's like, you know, no comment. He's yeah. So yeah, no, you don't want to, yeah, no, he gets very upset about it, yeah. He's so mad about that play. That's how it should be, man. It's, it's, uh, listen, I can't blame Rodney Harrison. He's a great champion. No, he's no, a great champion. He's a no, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, you can't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, honestly, Dave Tyree made a hell of a play. I mean, it was between him and Harrison. And when you, you were going to think, right, Harrison's probably going to knock that ball down. If he's not going to get the pick, he's going to knock that ball down. And it was the perfect play for the perfect time. If you had to recreate that play the next fifty times, it's gonna get batted. Oh, absolutely. That that's a once in a lifetime that's a once in a lifetime play that would never you couldn't recreate that if you wanted to. You could. And it, and it's crazy because David Tyree during that week had a bad practice. He was dropping balls. He was like he was being bad and Tom Coughlin had his ear. He caught a touchdown early in that game too. And then and then he made he makes the play of his life, and it, it it goes to show you that it goes to show you what type of person that Eli Manning is. The fact that from his college days to his to playing for one team sixteen years doesn't want to play for anywhere else, and it, you you tip your hat off to a to a guy that's done it in in the toughest. You want to talk about New York City. New York City is the toughest market to play in because they expect championships. They expect winning. And if you're not winning, you're not mentioned. Look at Patrick Ewing. He was the hard sell those big teams. But you know why he doesn't get mentioned? He didn't win. That's right. He didn't That's win. That's absolutely Patrick right. Lumpkins is going down as one of the best goalies the Rangers have had. But you know why he's not one of the best? He didn't win the big one. No, and uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, and and he's starting to show his age is starting to show. So yeah. he's giving up Henrik's a lot. Henrik's been done for the last three years. At, at yeah. some point, like the problem with Hen- Henrik is facing the same. I put Eli and Henrik in like that same parallel. Mm-hmm. He's facing the problem that Eli's facing is he he wants to win badly with one team, but he doesn't want to go. Like, yeah. Eli refused to play for anywhere else but the Giants. It meant so much to Eli to play for one team. It meant so much for Henrik to play for the Rangers. And and, and, and my coach can tell you, I've been saying that he's been in the range of the Gary Locust. He can tell you, I've been consistent with the guy Gary Locust. I've been thinking he's been done for three years. He has been done. He's not the same. The NHL is the game is different. The goaltends are younger, more flexible. Same thing in the NFL. It's a young man's game. The quarterback's are younger, more athletic. 
And then, like, you know, now it's, it's a different change. Now the change of the guard is now dynamic. Guys who can run. And and it goes back to what I said earlier and the conversation where this Super Bowl and my coach can tell you I'm a big Mahomes fan. Oh, but God. if he loses, if, but if he loses, man... I'm, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I really am. I love Mahomes. I mean, it reminds me. Oh, of- Brian, why would you do that? Listen, I'm rooting for him. I'll tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. Because he reminds me of when we used to play football back, you know, in the street, in the yard. I mean, just crazy plays that you would never. Oh yeah, that one athletic kid. But oh, don't get me wrong. I've never seen, I'm going to be honest with you, I've, oh, I've been watching football 47 years old. You know, I've been watching football for, you know, 35, 38 years. I've never seen a defensive line as good as the 49 right now. Never. And I'm including, and I'm including the 85 Bears and the 86 Giants in that because they were never wow. as fast as that. And I'm including that the 85, the 85 Bears and the 86 Giants, two of the damn best defenses I ever played. Okay? Yeah. But that D-line, the D-line is, was never as fast as these 49 guys are. These guys are yeah. beasts. And their speed, and it's, it's just, they're like missiles that just shoot out of shoot out of a cannon. They're crazy. And, and if the Kansas City can't block them, it's going to be a long day. See, here's day. the thing with Mahomes, all right? You, you get a story regardless. If the Chiefs win... You get, you get Reed finally done it. You get, does the dynasty start from Mahomes? But the better story is what's going to make him more hungrier. Yeah. 49ers win. Does, does Mahomes fold under pressure? Can he do it? That's better for the NFL. Well, I have a feeling if they're going to lose, I'm serious. I have a feeling if the Chiefs lose, it ain't going to be because of Mahomes. It's going to be because of the defense. I don't know. A lot of people, what a lot of people don't seem to remember, and I'm the only one who seems to remember this, and and, and then people say, oh, yeah, once I bring it up. If you truly go back to that title game, Mahomes can be huge blamed for that loss. If he scores a single touchdown in the first half, that's true. The Chiefs win that game. People forget that. Fourteen nothing. The first meeting against the Patriots. The first half ended twenty four nine. He scores a touchdown in that first half. The Chiefs win that game. So if I'm the Chiefs, I if I win this coin toss, I'm taking the ball. You need Mahomes to score because that first series is going to tell the game. If Mahomes can put up a touchdown, it's a game. But if he struggles, because we all know Super Bowls are weird. They are. They are really, really weird. Teams are so nervous. They always say the first five minutes is tough. It's because they're feeling each other out. I don't think you can play like that. I think you got to come out and you got to make a state. Go deep on go deep on first down, first quarter. That's know? what you got to do because at the end of the day, it's e- it's either gonna come to the 49ers defense or Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you're gonna need Jimmy G to win the game. I truly don't think so. And if you're the Chiefs, you're not gonna need. The, the the receivers to win the game. You're going to need Mahomes to win the game. But they're going to need Jimmy G 
in key spots. And I'm telling you right now, what I think they're going to do, I mean, Kittle is crazy. George Kittle's crazy. If they start throwing to Kittle, the Chiefs going to have a long day, bro. I'm Plus, you, remember, Kittle, look how good Jimmy G matched Drew Brees. If Jimmy G can match Drew Brees, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he can match Patrick. And, and the other reason why I say I'm kind of rooting for the Chiefs, I'll tell you why. Andy Reid lost his son a few years ago to an overdose. You know, and that's really, right. yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, he was a, he, he was a heroin addict. I heard about killer, yeah. Yeah, and he ended up killing himself. And I really, just for that reason alone, so he doesn't have that thing hanging over his head, because he's got enough hanging over his head. You know, that must be tough to live with every day. You know, and... and How long ago was I this? Mean, I this was three years ago. Yeah, wow. it, was, it wasn't long ago. Um, here's my and here's here's my keys to the game for both teams. If you're the 49ers, I say you run the ball because the Chiefs defense is not that good, and then Jimmy G goes off his play action passes, and then you just you, you know you, and then you're in defense where you just you go after Mahomes. You go after Mahomes if you're the Chiefs. If you're the 49ers defense, you you know it doesn't have to be a sack, but you gotta pressure him. Oh, you gotta get in his face. Yeah, all game long. Now, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Chiefs, the key, you you got to make this a quarterback duel. Just like in the AFC Championship game, you got to make you gotta make Ryan, it better be Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes. Because if it's Patrick Mahomes versus the, versus the 49ers defense, the 49ers defense wins that matchup. It's crazy. Because Mahomes ain't running after, he ain't, he ain't getting after Bosa. Because Bosa ain't going to let up go. I'm telling you, Bosa is a man's man. Bosa's a problem. And oh, yeah. That's why, he is. That's why I think you got to you gotta make the track. You got to utilize your weapons. Mahomes got to utilize Tyreek Hill. You got to utilize um, Kelsey. You got to utilize Mirko Hartman. And you got to utilize Sammy Watkins. Mahomes got weapons. He has to utilize them. And he and also the, the, the line for the Chiefs has to hold up. Because one thing with Mahomes, Mahomes can buy credit, can buy time. He can buy time with his legs. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, like he's going to say in the pocket, but he will buy time to make sure that his guys will get all defense. Because Sherman ain't going to keep up against Ky- Kyrie. No, absolutely not. Kyrie absolutely not. He runs a 4-2. You're not keeping up with that speed. That's the one person the 49ers need to make beat them. You worry about Hardman. You worry about Watkins. If you notice about Tyreek Hill, he is the Joker. He lets his feelings get into him. Sherman, Sherman is gonna play twenty feet back the whole time. He's gonna leave rivers, rivers between these receivers. Be- because if he plays man to man, he's gonna get burned by five feet. If they go underneath all day, that's 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 not going to help. Them, so they have to. But that's the best way for Sherman, though. Sherman can't play man to man with these guys. I understand, but I'm just saying. But if, but if, if you're backing up in coverage, trust me, I play for like you this. If you're a corner and you're giving me five ten yards of separation. I'll, I'll do. I'm just gonna let, I'll do my That's just for Sherman, sir. You know, 
it's all about yards at the catch, guys. You know that. It's so all, we'll see what it's happens. It's all about yak. It's all yep, about, it's all about the yak. And, yep. and also, you can also, what the Chiefs do, they do well with bubble screens. So you can, so you can look out for Nico Hartman taking little bubble screens and just, and just running from there because you know the 49ers beef, D-line is fast. Their corners are not that fast. You don't need your corners to be that fast because the line's so quick, it's going to give Mahomes two to three seconds to throw. Mahomes is not going to have six, seven seconds to throw the ball. That means the defense line has to run, which means the court, which means all your line linemen are now going out the block. And they're so quick. They're, like I'm telling you, their speed will outrun the point. The point yeah, I'm trying to. And I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a, of a team that, that the Chiefs played this year who had even close to the D line that uh, that the Patriots speed wise. Besides, yeah, the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots know. were the closest. The Patriots were probably the closest because um, Van Dorian is pretty is pretty quick. Van Dorian is pretty quick, and um, Collins was pretty quick. Yes, so the Patriots were the closest. But even so, I mean, they, they did beat the Patriots, although it was a little bit questionable. Yeah, a little bit questionable? <laughs> Excuse you? Excuse you? See, this is what gives me headaches. A little bit questionable. Oh, my God. What do you think's going to happen with Brady, boys? What do you think's going to happen um, with T.B. Walls? When it's all said and done, um, and I joked about this, so I'm going to be serious. When it's all said and done, I think Kraft, and Belichick and Brady are going to get together. I think Brady's going to resign again, but they're going to make sure that Brady gets enough weapons this time because they realize he's 42 years old, he ain't the same as he is no more, and he needs weapons. Well, this is why I don't think that, though. Well, I'm seeing articles that saying they want an answer from him now. Yeah, like, before so, free agency. And Belichick, you know, when he's done with a guy, he's done with a guy. You know, so it's going to come down to who Kraft wants more. Because if Belichick threatens to walk, I'm pretty sure that, that Kraft blinks and lets Tom just go. Put it this way. Kraft has already chosen Brady once. Okay? Here's... Oh, stop yourself. Stop it. Here's, here, here's what you got to do. Jared Stidham is not it. So if it's not Tom Brady, you have to shut your face. You have to go. You have to go after Teddy Bridgewater. You have to sign Teddy Bridgewater. No. They 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 have the quarterback wide receiver guy. They got Taysom Hill. They don't need Teddy Bridgewater, sir. Taysom, you just said Taysom. Oh my God, you just said Taysom. That's right. Excuse you, don't. Michael Michael K called him Treshawn Hall. Telling you, listen. Drew Drew Brees is not short, but we all know Drew Brees is going to be back. We all know it. Of course, Drew Brees is going to be back. Oh yeah. So that's his quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is too good to be getting splinters up his ass. Somebody brought up somebody brought up a good question the other day. Check this out. Okay. Now, if AB had stayed the whole season, are the Patriots home right now? Hell no. No. Right. 
So, so that and they, you get at least a title game. At least a title game. And I'm going to be honest. And as much as I don't like the pages, I am also very, I'm also very fair. If AB got his head on straight and he wasn't a knucklehead, the pages will be in the football right now and not the Chiefs. Right now. It'll be a cool match. It will be, it'll be the teacher versus the student. That'll be a pretty cool matchup. The, 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 the GOAT versus the pupil. Yeah. Up you wouldn't want Belichick to embarrass Shanahan again, man. That would make Shanahan crap his pants, bro, and kill himself. Like, yo, if, if Kyle Shanahan had the hazard to go up to another Super Bowl against Belichick, he'd probably kill himself. Although, in fairness, I mean, looking back at that Super Bowl, that Shanahan show, a few things stood up to me that made me go, if he makes those mistakes again... He deserves to eat and the fire will be on him. Number one, when 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 the pay, when, the, when they were driving and Brian, you watched the Super Bowl, maybe you can help me out. Sure. Do you remember when the when, when after Julio Jones made that unbelievable catch in Patriot territory? Yes. They were up by eight. Yes. I think it was under five minutes to go. My thing is, why would you continue making pass plays? At that point, what I would have done. Run, run, run. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When people are in big games against the Patriots, they don't do normal. They say, we're up by 25 against the dynasty team in the NFL. We want to embarrass them. That's what the Seahawks thought. Were so predictable, though. They were so they were like they they thought they had it, bro. They did. They did. They played. But that's what happens, man. They when people really play did. the Patriots, they didn't think in a million years that, that they would come back from that. They didn't. Listen, they went way too light. If they the Patriots had a twenty-five point lead, you know what Brady in, says? They were in on blitzing. They didn't try to blitz. The defense did nothing, bro. It was horrible. They were preparing they were for so a Super Bowl parade in Atlanta. The, the, the That's Falcons what they were, were doing. so arrogant. The Falcons were so arrogant. Yeah, and I think they that had this game in the bag. Yeah, and I think that's carried over to all the next years. I think that's carried over. That game is carried over to everything that's happened in them since. It really has. Also, the Seahawks have not been the same since they made that throw on the one yard line. Seahawks no. have not been the Look same. at the Rams. Russell Wilson is another one, just like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. One and done, man. Get out of here with that. Listen, but it also goes. It also, Brian goes to show you how much how good Eli makes. We just named what the Falcons did wrong, what the Seahawks did wrong, what the Rams did. It goes to show you when Eli is faced against a, the best coach, the best quarterback, the best team. He does not make mistakes. You saw when Eli got down the one year about the and first to go with a fair bunch of goal in that game of Super Bowl. He ran the ball with Ahmad Bradshaw. 
That's what you're supposed to do. He makes the, the smart. Always oh, just read the rules. Yeah, read the yeah. rules. And also, and on, and the guy, and the guy gets up, and it's like the Academy Awards. He's thanking like his his mom's aunt's cousin's mailman's manicurist. Like really, you know, he's like, I don't want to thank this one. I want to thank that one. It went on for like twenty minutes. Like, I truthfully, the only person he should have thanked was Carlos Beltran. That's the only person he should have thanked. Um, back, back, back to the whole Jeter thing because th- these past five minutes we weren't recording. Okay. Only because the the device I used it kind of messed up, but but I was able to save the episode, so 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 we got the time. Um, but again, so. Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer, like we all we all knew he was gonna be in the Hall of Fame. But besides the championships, what's the one thing you could take from his career? Um, he was he never trashed his teammates in public. That's number one. Many times he could, and uh, there were a lot of times he could have. He always you know kept everything quiet. And he just led by example, man. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody just leads by example. You know, he was a quiet leader. He never, and he never told anybody what they should be doing or whatever. He never like went out there and said, "Hey, you should do this. You should do that." In public, he just played, just played, and was a good man. And there's something to be said about that. You know, there's uh, not many guys like that. You know, and it wasn't about him. He never, you know, it, as much as we like home run poses to bat. You know, that wasn't Jeter. No, Absolutely. Team first. Never changed his, you know, never changed his attitude. Never changed, you know, didn't, didn't let the, all the championships get to his head. You know, he, I'll never forget his speech when Yankee Stadium closed, when the old stadium closed. That was, you know, when he oh, took was the on that. And, you know, when George Steinbrenner died and he was like a son to him, you know, it, there's so many things. I mean, he's, there's a reason why they gave him number two, and they were absolutely right. He was the last guy to get a single digit, you know, and he'll always, you know, he'll always, you know, how fitting that they knew that. You know, it's amazing that they knew that, you know, number two would go up there with the rest of them. It really is. So. Um, let's, let's play a little, I know it's early, but let's play a little win-loss with the Giants. Home, right. home oh, against the Cardinals. Uh, oh my depends God. On, it depends on if, uh, if, the, if the defense gets any if the defense gets any better players I'll say win but if it stay to stay like they are now I'll say loss Kyle Murray's Kyle Murray won all over that team alright so loss that's a loss because Kyle because if the G if you talk about the guys keeping the same players if you're taking if, if you're basing this on what the defense is right now yeah 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 Do we know what system they're on? Four, three, or three, four? Do we know? 
Yeah, we don't know anything so, about that yet. Uh, according to what Graham says, that like they're gonna run up, they're gonna they, they're gonna switch gear three to a fourth. That they want to be versatile. So right. again, I don't know. But again, I, plus, I, plus I don't know if the Giants keep the same players. They're, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be the same team as last year. Well, no, they have a lot of cap space, right? They they do have a lot of cap space. Have, yeah, but you gotta get the players to actually want to go to the Giants. Money's nice at the end of the day. But you're not just going to sign with a bad team just for the money. Well, I think it's very telling that Ron Rivera wouldn't even talk to the, to the Giants, you know, because of Gettleman. And, and if people and if people heard that press conference from Joe Judge and they're like, oh, God, we got a guy from the 50s, you know, with his attitude, he's going to run us hard and all that. You know, players, superstar players are going to be like, nah. I'm telling you, un, unless you Phil Jackson it, to where you offer so much money that they can't say no. Who would want to pick the Giants over, let's say, the Cowboys? Yeah, over the Rams? Well, over the Vikings? Over the Eagles? Well, also, the Rams, the Cowboys have cap space, but they also have to worry about Dak and Cooper. So they might not have enough to sign other players because they do have, they got, they got to worry about their players too. Yeah, they still haven't paid Dak yet, have they? No, they haven't paid paid Dak yet. So they got. Oh, I can't wait for them to overpay him. I'm telling you, I bet you they're going to pay him between 30 through 35 a year. That's going to be way too much. You know what they're going to do? You know what they're going to do? He's going to look at his stats. They're going to say, oh, it's first in yards, first in this. Um, I've been, I've let the Cowboys in the playoffs, never had a losing season with me, you know. That's what agents do. They're going to say, this is what I've done. This is what I'm worth. You saw what Wentz got paid, saw what Goff got paid, pay me the same way. And I'll say this, yeah? Uh, where is my title game appearance? Where, where, where is my Super Bowl? See, if, if, if I was, if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be like, well, all right, well, where's my Super Bowl then? Because you're talking about Wentz, you're talking about golf. Golf went to a Super Bowl. Wentz won a Super Bowl. So, no, I'm gonna float. A, I'm gonna float something very controversial out here. Ooh, okay. you like that? All right, no, and I'm serious, and I'm serious because of the guy I know Jerry Jones is. I honestly, in the, my heart of hearts, believe that Jerry Jones. If he's got truth serum injected to him, is a racist, and I really don't think that he wants Dak. I really don't think Dak. I honestly don't think he wants Dak long term. I honestly don't believe so because I honestly think in his mind he's like a like Jim Crow kind of thinking like that backward. So you you think he'd want the leader of the Cowboys to be white? Yes, I really do. I honestly do because. yeah. I honestly thought he. I honestly believe he thought Dak was going to bring him to the promised land, and he was like, "Okay, I'll swallow having a black quarterback." In his mind, right? But he, I think, now that Dak, you know, because of everything, whatever happened, that they haven't made it. I really think that's why he hasn't paid him yet. I really All right, let's say that. this now. Now, I think it would kill him on the inside to bow down to Dak because he's black. Because Jerry Jones, I'm telling you. Is deep down inside not a fan of black people. I'm, real, I'm telling you. Rather, now rather I doubt this will happen, but but what if Tom Brady says, "Hey, I want to go to Dallas." Dak's out then. Dak's out. Dak's, Dak's out. Dak is out. And, and if I was Dak and Brady did that, and Jerry Jones said, "Yeah, I'm walking." I, if I'm Dak, I'm walking. 
you know, Dak's a talented guy, and I'm telling you, I think that he still has a bright future ahead. And I then, how would you feel, Dak? Dak goes to the Patriots, and then he rattles off playoff after playoff after playoff, ring, ring, ring. Jerry Jones would probably be like, "Damn." I think it's possible, but but if you look at, I'm telling you, there have been guys, there were reporters asked Jerry Jones, well, why are you a Trump supporter? Why are you a Republican? And Jerry Jones tells him, don't have to with me. That's how I think the country should be run. And he's a big supporter of Trump, and he's done things in his past, like he, he's associated with white nationalist groups and stuff like that, and Dallas, and it's Texas, and it's the Deep South. I'm telling you, there's something to it. Now, it's here's to go against your racist point, too. Before you say anything, in fairness, the mayors are also big donors. Oh, yeah, no, I believe that, too. I believe, no, I know that, too. And that's why I don't understand why Robert Sala doesn't have a head coaching job. And I know why, because he's because he's, he's, he's of Arab origin. And that's why he won't get a head coaching job until somebody, somebody and he should have a head coaching job. You see the way he is on the sideline? How intense he is? How intense he is. And, and, you know, you can't just throw kids out of the field and expect them to be good. You have to make them good. You know, with his schemes and everything. I'm telling you, he should be a head coach. Now, 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 Brian, also, too, is I think the reason why you're not seeing a lot of minorities getting a head coaching job because there's not a lot of minorities in power. You have to understand that you don't have yeah. a lot of black GMs. You don't have a lot of Arabic no. GMs. You know, or how about this? Maybe they're just not good enough. Could be. That could also be. Maybe they're not good. There's some that are not qualified. Maybe they're not there smart enough. Guys that are, but there are a lot of guys that are. And it's this one sport. And, and if they don't want to relive this whole Kaepernick thing over and over and over again, they just start doing the right thing. Give guys, you know, give the right guys a chance. You got the enemy and get hired, right? And, and if any offensive coordinator should have gotten a chance, it's Eric Bieniemy. You could even say Byron Leftwich in Jacksonville. He could, it, oh, yeah. you know, he did some good things. He should be considered for a head coaching job. See, just following the ruling. Would, would you want them truly just getting a job, Brian? No. Just, just because they're black? No, no, but I want them. If they're qualified, if, how are you going to know if they're qualified unless somebody, you know... How do you know if you don't know if you can't see what's in a guy's heart, the guy hiring, right? How do you know if they're qualified? How do you know? How do we know that you know that uh, the enemy anywhere? Yeah. Here's how I view it. Now, the only way there there are two possible solutions to how it could get it it could be utilized. There are not a lot of like I said, not a lot of minorities that position of power. My thing is that we have to we have to get out of this whole. You know, we have to hire our friends because if you look at a lot of people that are getting these jobs, the fancy Joe Judge, all the all those guys, they're getting jobs because they they either they were. Well, Stefanski had no business. Stefanski had no business getting a job. No business. No business getting a job. And not only that, he's already alienating. He's already alienating Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, OBJ. They don't want it. They already with the stuff the guy saying. He's criticizing the whole public already. They, he already, Stefanski already came out in public and, it, and talked about Odell's antics, fellas. You already, you not, you not even been a week and you already alienated two. I'm telling you, man, don't be shocked. OBJ to New England. You're not going to tell 
doesn't deserve a head coaching job. I'm sorry. He, the, enemy, he the, the enemy and Salah both there. Salah especially. Who would they coach? The, the guy looks like it. The guy even, he looks like his intensity who would they coach? matches no one. You know, you see, they show Salah more. They show Salah more in his highlights than they do Shanahan. What team would they coach? Salah looks like a guy. Salah looks like a guy that if he was leading, if he was your coach, you'd go to war with him every Sunday. Oh yeah, I'd hire him in two seconds. What team? What team would they coach? What team would they coach? Salah, the coordinator of the 49ers. No, what team would they coach? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I personally would have would love to see him turn around a franchise like Detroit, or you know, a, a franchise that's been known for losing. He comes into a franchise, he just you know. Oh, All right, but again, well, he's a defensive you, guy. Hey guys, guys, he's a defensive guy. Where did we need defense? Giants. Hello, you know. I'm sorry. But but then there's a question: Is he better than Joe Judge? Would have been, know. you know, you know what I'm saying. Know. You you can't value, pick the Lions value, because the Lions didn't yeah. fire their head coach. So on face value, on face value, yes. If I if you're gonna tell me I have a choice between giving a job to a defensive coordinator or one of the best defenses in football or a special teams coach, I'm sorry, I'm giving it to the DC. But maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. You, know? <laughs> you, you, you also have to understand though, too, though, is that you know when when Joe Judge got. The job he got, he got a ring endorsement from Bill Belichick, and I know it doesn't say much, but Belichick has raved about. So did Mangini, bro. And so did Mangini. I, I know, I know, I know. That's why I said doesn't I mean. But like when I heard he got ring by endorsement, that's why I, I look. Look at Adam Gates. He he got a big happiness from Peyton Manning. Um, so. But you also have to understand that that was an offensive court. There's a difference between, like I said. There are people like Gates that are just meant to be coordinators. And by the way, that's going to go down the tubes this year, too. Because the I, things I've read about Gates, the things I've read about Gates, players are turning on him just like in Miami. Had, His act is going to get tired, too. All right, we had a reporter from Buffalo. We asked him because he covers the Bills, but we also asked him because he, the Bills happen to travel in that life and then the Jets come up to play Buffalo. We asked him straight up. About Gase, dumpster fire. Oh, dumpster yeah. fire. This guy, I feel, listen, if you're a Jets fan, I feel bad. Oh, I, I do too. Really, really Absolutely. Because I feel like Sam Darnold, they're, they're going to ruin this poor kid. I feel bad. The guy's 23 years old. I feel like he could have, like, I, I, that's why I feel like a guy like Salah, like, let's put it this way. You bring a guy like Salah to a team like the Jets who don't lose it. Uh-huh. He hires the right guy. He sees he sees who hasn't seen the eye. You know what? We need this. We need this. We need this. Because right now, what we're doing ain't nothing. He brings a guy. He brings his people that knows what they're doing. And he, and he, and he brings his guy that knows how to evaluate talent. Salah can get them both. And you see him. Do you give Salah talent, especially on defense? Point of the defense great. They got the best defense in the league. They have the best defensive line in the league. So I think Salah deserves a chance. I think the enemy who calls plays for the Chiefs, he deserves a chance. Because I think with the, with what he's done with Patrick Mahomes... He, but I see, there you go, though. He's working with chance. Patrick Mahomes. So who's to say it's just not all Mahomes? 
we don't we don't know that. We don't know. We don't but, know. But, but it'd know. be interesting to see. But but it'd be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see. We'll never know if they have to stay coordinated the rest of their lives. We'll never know. But we can always speculate, and that's why. We, because that's some, why we talk on the, the, there are some people who are not meant for the headlights. When you give these guys the headlights, they're gonna fail. You know, you we all know none of these guys were taking a job over Ron Rivera or Mike McCarthy. So, so that was already two teams that these guys were never gonna get a chance with. Um, Eric the Enemy is 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 also focusing on a playoff slash Super Bowl. Do do you think right now he really cares about taking a head coaching interview? Absolutely not. That's also why the that's why the rule is bullshit. Went to the phone book, contacted the first black guy that he knew would just come in for an interview. That's what he did. But that's why that rule is bullshit. It's it's wasting time. It's it's making people have interviews that they have no business of having. It's wasting everybody's time. How about this question? Why have a rule just, just to force people to have an interview? Here's the thing. The Rooney Rule's intent was to give people of minorities, whether it's black, Hispanic, women, was to give them opportunity to be interviewed. No, I understand. But, 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 just, but, but just like how people can say, how, why, why have a BS interview? Right, right, right. But the point is... The point is when people get at someone for filling the quota, why force people to have to, to have to interview someone that they don't want to? But there's a balance. There's a balance that can be achieved. You know, I mean, but the problem is there's no standards of like you don't know. Each team is looking for a different thing with their head coach. You know, and that's what they can always hide behind. So you'll never know. Again, you'll never know the truth. You know, again, you'll never know the truth. Also, here's the thing, guys. Jim Caldwell. Went nine and seven with the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia's gone thirteen and three with the Detroit Lions. And Jim Carwell was he was a damn good coach for the Lions. Yes, he was. How the Lions have been? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, come on, he went nine and seven with Matthew Stafford, and now you take away Jim Carwell, the Lions are, are back to being a dumpster fire. Yeah, Matt Patricia is, is going nowhere with that team, and I don't know why. You know, she kept him because. You know, she's you know you got a ninety year old woman making decisions for this team. I mean, granted, that's great and everything for her. She knows the team, but you know, at some point, you know, Detroit they're suffering. They're gonna suffer. You know, until something changes, really changes there. Once and that one thing that does kind of worry me about 
the Giants' ownership. And that's why I've been trying to explain my calls between Mara and Tish. She, Tish is Hollywood. Tish makes movies. Tish is producing movies. Tish, all Tish wants to do is make movies, make business. He has people in high places. If you saw the Giants' last Super Bowl win, he had Katy Perry and all the other big stuff at the Giants' VIP parties. So Tish has a lot of pull in Hollywood. Mara eats, breeds, sleeps, lives football. The Maras have owned the football operations since 1925. So when Wilson Mara passed away, John Mara, unfortunately, Mara grew up in an old school mentality when he did when the, when the forward pass wasn't even invented. Right. And that's my biggest fear with Mara is Me too. he's still thinking. Uh, he's still thinking. Back, we're thinking, that's what I said, and that's why that's why Gettle was in charge because it's starting to become a backward thinking organization. It's not the '80s anymore. You know, you got to start thinking towards the future. You got to start, you know, advancing things. You know, if you're going to keep keep, you know, they want to have that oh tradition, tradition, tradition. Tradition means nothing unless you evolve as a franchise. Absolutely. And I don't think with Gettleman as a GM, they're going to evolve very much. But which, is like, why Tish, which is why Tish really wanted a clean house. And I'm not saying Tish would have been better, but Tish kind of realizes that, guys, what the giant way of thinking is not working. We're going backwards. Every, every team is going forward. Why are we stuck in Guys, did you guys see the Super Bowl petition story? Yes, I saw that. That is so stupid. It, 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 it's stupid, and and it, 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 it,
What happened? So there, there is a sixteen-year-old kid named Frank oh, Ruggieri. Yeah, that's a Super Bowl on Saturday. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's stupid. Let's take off on Monday. Stop the petitions, God. Now, when Robert Kraft brought the Patriots in nineteen ninety-four. They they immediately went to a title game in 1997. That's right. <laughs> and then five years later, they won the damn Super Bowl. And the Patriots are one of the top five most valued franchises in the NFL. That's how you change the brand of winning. Winning, you get fans like my co-hosts because they, they, they see a team that, that knows how to win, that envelops winning, that cares about winning, that all they want to do $8.7 billion. Wins all about winning. Winning shells. The only reason why the Knicks are still the highest value franchise in the NBA because you got tourists coming into Madison Square Garden all the damn time. If you, move the Knicks, if you move the Knicks to Milwaukee, Jesus Christ. If you have any other, if you have any other franchise, right? Like, that hasn't won anything since 1973. They wouldn't be as valuable as the Knicks are. <laughs> You're right. It's the Garden. It's you not put, the Knicks. You, you, yeah. you put James Dolan in Sacramento. Tell me if that team is as valuable. No, we got a shot. Me, me, you, and, me and you two have a shot of buying the team. It's That's not always true. It is it, it, mostly true. You look, look at the Giants. Look at John Mara. You see, you see him in the room. You see John Mara always want to know the ins and outs of the Giants. That's why you look. You well, maybe that's serious. because he lost a step. Never maybe he's not as competent as he was thirty years ago. and you kind of feel like the course, it, it, it starts to run its course. 
Like, you've been so fun for so long, but then somewhere along the line, you're like, eh. That's kind of how I See, here's the question. Here's the question that's never get asked. If, If one has to leave, why does it have to be Brady? Why can't Belichick go somewhere else? That's a good question. Because, because when Belichick was when Belichick didn't have Brady for a full season, they still went and left them five. When Belichick got, when, when Brady got suspended, they still went three and one. <laughs> That's such a small sample size. Stop it. If you take away Tom Brady and you have some average quarterback, the Patriots are not beating the Falcons. Well, you know They're not what? beating the yeah. Panthers. Well, no, they're not beating the Seahawks. Why, they're not beating the Rams. That's why, well, that's why Belichick wants Brady gone because he wants to prove that. It but that's why Belichick should be the one to go. And, and the players should not have to leave. They, they got something to prove. They, they yeah. got something to prove. They want to prove that. I'm Belichick. The other. Belichick has way more to prove than Brady. Sorry. But it's just like, I'm just sick and tired of people always saying Brady has to leave. No, Brady should be the one to stay. I'd much rather take Brady over, over Bill. Much rather. And at the end of the day, as smart as Bill is, you need the player. It's up to the I'll players. I'll tell you this, and Brian, you agree with me. If Belichick leaves, there'll be 31 other teams that'll fire their head coach just to bring Belichick on their squad. Oh, absolutely. I'd throw, I'd throw, they'd, throw, they'd throw them right under the bus. Boom. But God, bye. But you got to say one thing about Belichick, though. You might want Brady over Belichick, and to a lot of big extent, I understand that. However, not one coach has gotten more out of nobody's player wise than Belichick does. Because he knows exactly how to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 you could say the exact same thing about Brady. Because he takes the best. He takes whatever a player does good and utilizes that. You know. Well, that part true, but but Brady does the same thing though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Guys, I can. I I know. Um, I I'm just saying, Brian. Um. Thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. I love coming on. Uh, I love, we love having you, man. Never open invitation anytime, man. We love talking with you, man. Oh, I just, I just hope you guys keep having success, man. You, you guys are great together. You play great off each other, man. I'm telling you, one day what I'm going to do, if I ever get the equipment and money and everything, you know, I'm, I'm really, I would like to get, start a podcast where you know how like Howard Stern has like got people doing a post game show after the show about talking about yeah, yeah. what happened on his show I want to do the same thing with the Michael K show I really do that would be super really cool like to do that just it's just you know it's become such a thing now you know and uh, you know I watch it every day I know everything there is to know about it and the meeting them was really I was nerve I was a nervous wreck meeting I really was but it, it was it was a phenomenal moment. The studio is so much smaller than I thought. It looks so much bigger on television. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the building they're in is only six floors. I thought it was going to be like this gigantic, huge skyscraper-like building. It's like a very unassuming six-floor building. You would never even know a radio station's in there. Wow. Much less the number one radio show in New York. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you if you drove by it, you wouldn't even see it, and you don't know what it is because there's nothing labeled on the building. You go in, just security guard. I didn't even get frisked. They just called up to Andrew, like I'll send them up. I could have, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. Wow. You know, metal detector, nothing. You know, it was crazy. But uh, it was a time. It was a blast. I spent like an hour there. You know, Peter was Peter was actually the. I, to be honest with you, Peter was the nicest one. Peter and Andrew were the nicest ones out of all of them. I think Whoa. Don and Michael, they were so... Yeah, no, Don and Michael were nice, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they, they don't like people as, when it's showtime like that. It was, yeah, I, I could tell. I, could I didn't tell. get to meet them until like 10 minutes before they went on the air, and I was like, wow, this is quick. You gotta, I got to do this really quick, get pictures and everything. And, you know, but it, it was a blast. It really was. You know, um, for them to let me into the inner sanctum like that was phenomenal. You know what's really a blast? You being on the show with us. Absolutely, man. Likewise, fellas. I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. There's nothing else I'd rather do with my Friday night than hang out with you guys. Next uh, next month, it, when, when it's spring training, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some more Yankee baseball. Oh, yeah, bro. I'll always have, I'll always have stuff to uh, shout about with you guys. I can't wait. No cool, problem. Cool. All right, guys. Take care. Take man. it easy. Yes, All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Brian is a true treasure. What a gem, man! What a gem! What what, what an outstanding fellow. He he he's when when I say he's top five and great great people to talk to, I really mean that. I really mean that. I, I I truly enjoy having Brian on the show. He is he is a class act. He's a great man, and we and we really enjoy talking to him. I I couldn't think of a couldn't think of a better way to to to, to, to have a Friday night show with Brian after our star studded show on Wednesday. <laughs> you know we well, you want to talk about banks. Those are we we had like back to back bangers, man. You know. Yeah, Brian. Brian followed that great interview with a splash. He absolutely did. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it. it I, I still say Wednesday was like one of those like we had a grand slam and then. Oh yeah. I mean, you want to talk about no filter? checked earlier seven people heard that episode seven people heard that episode yeah and six people heard the episode with Sheffield that's not bad yeah and again today is total 198 198 so we are two episodes away from 200 uh, does he mean season two is gonna be over? Yeah, but that means <laughs> that means there will be a season three. Oh, it's gonna be a season three. That's right, guys. I, I want this podcast to be like The Simpsons. Uh, 
30 plus years. Now, it technically wouldn't be 30 years. Because because no. if, if we keep at this pace, we basically did two seasons totaling in, in, in four months. So if we if we keep at this pace, by the time it's twenty twenty one, we could probably be up to season twelve. Because because you got to think four months for two seasons, right? So eight months would be another two. Twelve months. Would be six seasons, so we we should definitely have at least fifteen by then. I will say this. Um, I also on Tuesday, guys. Tuesday, I will be announcing the winner. The winner Ooh. for my show. I'm not tipping my hand, but I will say, I narrowed down, I know who's going to win, or do I know who's going to win? I ah. I bet it's going to be the new guy. Or is it? Ooh. And then, of course, this Wednesday, nor- normally we would record, but we won't, because I'll be at the Garden seeing J.A. Morant. Make the Knicks their little bitch. Now, Wednesday, I will know while my co-host will be seeing the Knicks getting dumped on by John Moran. I will be doing a preview, a little small little 10 to 15 minute preview of what's to come on Puck Luck. Ooh. So, while my co-host gets to enjoy... The Knicks losing like they always do, so have fun, my brother. While I, I eat many, I many chicken nuggets. Listen, you you will be weeping. Weep in those nuggets, my friend. Because when I went to the when I went to the when I went to MSG. Aw, oh, what a nice tweet from Brian. Just had the time of my life for my second guest spot on Sports Dudes podcast. Would not have would not have been possible without Michael K. Don LaGreca and Rosenberg Radio. Thanks everyone. I really appreciate you, Brian. Oh, what a what a mensch. What a mensch. I appreciate you, my brother. I do. <sighs> See, it's 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 tweets like that that just make me happy. Like that's just now. You're gonna be, you're gonna be, dunk, you're gonna be like weeping, weeping and dunking on them chicken nuggets. Am I correct? You know what? If if they're truly as good as I hear, I may even go back for a second order. As as they as they would say on the K show, sometimes my co-host has a shitty line. <laughs> yeah. But but um, with I, these chicken nuggets, I, if if they're as good as I hear, I I may go back for a second order. 
Now, now, when now when I was at MSG and I was with my friend Laura, and Laura, I just I hit you with the waves, and you get the waves because every time you were talking disrespectful of my Islanders and you're a Ranger fan, and I was weeping on those on those Nuggets, I weeped in front of your Ranger, and you were so upset, and you were in, you were just like, oh, I can't believe the Rangers are the Islanders. And I was that guy that's saying, let's go Islanders, and the Rangers fans were booing me like I'm a bad guy. I took all the smoke and strike. It's fine. We all, we all know the Islanders are secretly trash. How dare you, <laughs> sir. But, um... But all, all jokes aside, though, while you enjoy your time in MSC, you will have a great time. I will like I will do a ten to fifteen minute preview of what to expect on Punk Love. So even though the sports dudes may not be recording, but Punk Love is going to have a preview show. Oh shit! So, so you know. Just because my co-host is going to have a good time seeing John Morant destroy those pathetic Knicks doesn't mean that your boys does that work. And that means on my Thursday commute to work, I will be digesting some of that lovely puck luck. Yeah, it's a short little preview. Nothing, um, nothing too big, nothing too fancy. It's what's to come. Rangers fans, you're not gonna. I will say this, Rangers fans, you're not gonna like what I'm about to say about your team. Hey, it's just like a movie, man. You gotta have those coming attractions before the pre- feature presentation. Without yeah, the coming attractions, you don't know what you're gonna want to see next. But I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, Rangers fans. If you if you hated me. Last Tuesday, you're not gonna like me what I'm gonna say next Wednesday. Ooh. I'm just saying. Well, guys, it has been another great episode again, guys. This is 198. Does that mean that we're gonna get to 199? Yeah. And if you take away the one that's 99, and that is a number of Mr. Aaron. Judge. And guys, we will also the stories that we did not touch on today. We won't touch oh, on. Oh yes, there was a so bunch, bunch, bunch of stories, including AB out of jail. I'll I'll say the full thing about the petition. Who at that point of the screenshot had twenty something thousand signatures. Like Jesus Christ. It's going to be a little Miguel Andujar preparing outfield and first base. That's right. And Ryan Zimmerman is staying with the world champion nationals. Yes, he is. And also, also, there's reports saying that Ronaldo would get treated as a That's what they say. So that's a... So that's it. So there's a lot of things that we said. We just we, we tease, but we'll touch on again. So guys, listen, Brian, you are a gem. You are. You are to me, and I think my co can agree. One of the one of the best. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. And guys, thank 
want to appreciate you all. Julian, thank you for the retweet. I know you You told me you were cracking up, crying, listening to it. <laughs> and trust me when I tell you this, I almost cried of laughter after, list, after re-listening to our podcast. Danny, again, open invitation to come on our show any day of the week once once the season gets closer, we'll have you. We want to have you back on once it gets closer. Once the roster are finalized. Also, quick breaking news. Michael K. will be in Tampa. So when I'm in Tampa, February 22nd. Yeah, he always does the first K. game. Michael K. will be in Tampa. So, guys, thank you again so much. We on the sports Council appreciate that. Don't forget, probably, well, we'll have the person of the winner for Puck Luck on Tuesday. Wednesday will be my 10-minute team on Puck Luck. We will be back, and in ever, get, get on, we are, we will be back. Get on out of here, y'all. Good night, everybody.